Hey everybody, it's Matt. Uh, this episode, we faced a lot of technical difficulties before recording, and I feel really bad because we thought the video would turn out much better than it did, but unfortunately there is a very high lag, very low frame rate uh, throughout the entire video, And but luckily the audio is quite intact, so I figured that it would be good enough to upload. Um, I hope that you do enjoy it nonetheless. We had a very fun time filming this episode, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it despite the video quality. Uh, we had like an hour and a half of technical difficulties, and hopefully next time we will not face them. So thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. My name is Matt. My name is Abigail. And my name is Angela. And this is the Polyglot Progress, Progress Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 19, where today... We're going to be talking about language learning while in school, or surviving school while learning languages. And this will be it. The great, it's a, yes. it's a great topic, which I have many thoughts about. But yeah. today we have a guest. Hello. Passion for Dreaming herself, Angela. Yeah! <laughs> so, my name is Angela. As I said in the introduction, I go by Passion for Dreaming on YouTube. And if you hear that in the background, that is my <laughs> clock singing. Because <laughs> it does that every hour on the hour. But um, anyway, my channel is about language learning and language tips. I originally started it before I went abroad for a year to study in Europe. Spent a semester in Spain and France, so I have videos about that. But basically, my channel's about language tips now and some study abroad stuff. So, yeah, it's All a little right. bit about me. Nice, nice. Well, we're happy to have you here. Good. Yeah, it's so, good to be here. So we're just going to start off with what we usually do of just kind of recapping our language up dates but these are going to be kind of weird because i think this podcast goes up at the first few days of august or end of july so when this yeah. goes up matt and i will be in or back from europe but yep. at the time of filming we haven't left yet so <laughs> they're not totally accurate to yeah we leave in we leave in five days at the time of filming this so we are very but here's excited. our updates as of now so matt what have you been up to oh okay i was actually uh I was talking to you about this before we even we even called you, Angela, because I'm like, I feel like such a hypocrite because I have not done much this summer, have not done much at all. Um, I have very much been just like, it feels like I'm on a lazy river <laughs> in my language learning where, you know, I'm, I occasionally there will be a waterfall of languages that I kind of just pass through and that'll be like me listening to German music or like a comedian and then like doing some French, but I have not been on a steady steady uh schedule this summer so i feel very uh i need to uh reignite that and i'm that's why i'm very glad we're going to europe because i think i will wake up and realize oh yes this is a thing i should be doing no matter what but uh, i did just graduate high school and so i'm like kind of just congrats thank you thank you i'm kind of just like reacclimating to life and just trying to keep my head above water if that makes sense. In the lazy <laughs> but, uh, river. Of life, exactly. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so what about you guys? Um, I have been doing not much other than German recently, and even I haven't really done a lot of German, because as we get closer and closer to the Europe trip, I've had other more pressing things to deal with. Um, so I've been a bit busy with that, but then when I have been studying, it's been a bit of German, so that way I will be able to stay with a host family and nice. hopefully know at least somewhat <laughs> what's happening around me. Yeah. Um, 
So I've been doing that, and I'm excited to finally get to go to France and Germany and to get to use the languages. And then when we get back, I'm hoping to put more into things like Japanese and Spanish and my Bulgarian. So I'm excited for when we come back as well. Nice. And then how about you, Angela? (laughs) So this summer, I said I was going to be studying Korean and Polish together in addition to trying to maintain Spanish, French, and Portuguese. Now what I have been doing, actually, (laughs) (laughs) is I've been maintaining the languages. Spanish, I get to maintain pretty easily because my mom speaks it, and then I go over my grandparents who live next door. Mm -hmm. So I get opportunities to speak it. We have Spanish channels on TV. French, I, so every other day in my diary, I'll write in a different language each day. So one day is like Spanish day, write about all my events of the day in Spanish, then the next day is French, and then the next day is Portuguese, and then I just kind of cycle through that. So for maintaining languages and such, I've been watching some TV, haven't really spoken a lot of French or Portuguese this summer, but more listening and writing and everything. As for Korean, I told myself I would do one lesson a day from Talk to Me in Korean. And I did do that in addition to Polish, but then I got so invested in this Polish challenge that I've been doing with Duolingo to see how much I could learn in 90 days that Korean just kind of got pushed back, unfortunately. But with Polish, I've been doing a little bit of Duolingo every day and trying to make some sentences and things. But... That's about where I'm at right now. Nice, nice. I feel I feel very similar in that um, I said I was going to do one thing, and it just got pushed back. Like I said, oh, this summer, Hungarian is my thing. And I literally have not opened my book. I opened it to look at it, and I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. There's so many words here. And then I haven't, like, done a lesson in it. And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> but yes. So, um... Yes, I'm very excited for the topic that we're going to talk about today because this is one that I think we all probably have quite a bit of experience with, which is oh, yeah. um, surviving school or at least getting by while learning languages because it is an art in and of itself. Um, so yeah, where do you guys want to begin? I feel like we could start anywhere with this. <laughs> well, I wanted to say, actually, I wanted to start with a little anecdote oh, yeah. where I was sitting in class last semester And one of my professors asked us, what have you learned in your four years here at school? (laughs) And so people were listing different things because he's like, I hope you've learned something in these four years. It could be anything. (laughs) And people were listing things. But one girl in my class actually said time management. And he said, wow, what is your secret? Because a lot of the other professors at this school don't even have that down and we're (laughs) adults. So I feel like with school and learning languages, time management is super important. And it's not always natural. It's a skill that you have to Mm -hmm. build up on and work towards. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I definitely definitely say time management is a a way to balance both school and language learning. And I almost find it interesting that you said it's not natural. Because also, I got a comment on my bullet journal (laughs) video. I knew you were going to talk about this Um, one, though. I got a comment on my bullet journal video that was like, you plan too much, you spend too much time planning, like, let things be natural or whatever. And I wrote back this comment and was like, well, it only takes me about five minutes to plan each day. But the thing is, is like, I I definitely get that, like, your whole, I don't think my whole life should be structured. And I definitely don't take the method of planning that's like, at two o'clock, I will do this until three o'clock. And like, 
that kind of method, but I think definitely learning to schedule your life a little bit and have it be slightly less natural is definitely, like, time management is a very important thing, especially in balancing your own life, but especially in balancing languages along mm -hmm. with your own life. So, time management. Definitely. Yes. Totally. I found... um when I first started um, doing time management, it was like uh, it was at the end of um, it was at the end of tenth grade for me in high school, and it's when I started doing the bullet journal, which I, I love as as you do. Do you um do you use a journal, any sort of planner, actually, Angela? Um, actually, I have not been doing that, but I did have a calendar where I kind of wrote every day what language I would be nice. focusing on as far mm -hmm. as maintaining them, and then I wrote underneath like Korean and Polish and stuff just to know like that, that I'd work on them each day but yeah. I'd like uh, to try that at some point yeah I've, I've always talked about giving that a shot but um I remember what I did at least when I started um at one uh last summer was I would I literally had an every day for like the entire summer French doing French doing something in French um and then that bled over to when school started and I would have you know my homework assignments and like things I needed to get done and French and so that was kind of something that I kept going throughout school, um, would be having the goal of doing something in a language that day. So whether I have, you know, all my assignments for one quarter um, or like for that week, and then I'll have like Norwegian on a few days, like do this. And I, uh, but also this, this gets complicated when um, you have like due dates and stuff and you can't necessarily put a due date on a language because it's not for a class, you know? And so I found that I'd have Nor like an empty box of Norwegian um, for like five days in a row just because I have school getting in the way. And um, I definitely think there's something to be said for school getting in the way of language learning, but I think we can also talk about how it almost helps because you do have this structure and you can work it in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely one thing to just consider when you're trying to balance languages in school is like your priorities. So school is... I think almost always going to be more of a priority than your language learning. I mean, in some situations, it might be a little bit different. I know towards the end of my senior year, I think um, language learning was almost more of a priority just yeah. because the the last few weeks of school for me, because I took basically all AP classes, we'd already taken the exams, but then we had like three or four weeks left of school. So my teachers would just have us watch movies or have a study hall almost every day mm -hmm. in class because they were like, there's not much I can do at this point. Like you graduate yeah. in a few weeks. So <laughs> at, at that point, I didn't really have much I needed to focus on for school. So language learning was almost more of a priority, but mm -hmm. I know I I've had to since I've started college, the number of credits I was taking and things just kind of made it so that I did not have a ton of time for languages. And so I kind of had to tone down what I was doing. So I think just knowing um, like where your priorities stand and then like even within your languages, what your priority is, it kind of helps it. So that way, even when there are due dates, you kind of know mm. like where you're going to be able to fit languages in, even though they're not as high a priority as maybe like a paper you have to write or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. a lot of the advice that I have is, well, in my notes written down and stuff, <laughs> is kind of just 
incorporating it into your daily life. Mm-hmm. So making it as much of a, I guess it's intentional, but it's also natural in some ways, part of your life as possible. Now, all the tips I have are more college related because in high school, I would just go home and do my homework, but then I had time. Whereas yeah. with college, it was like, they give you lots of reading. Sometimes we had yeah. ridiculous amounts of pages to read in French and stuff. And yeah, so we would have a lot of homework, we would have lots of work and stuff on top of homework, like actual work work, like a job mm-hmm. kind of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like balancing that and then if you want to stay healthy, trying oh, to definitely. like get some exercise yeah. and things. But yeah, a lot of the advice I have is more related to college because I think it's more difficult yeah. to keep up with languages in college and stuff. I would definitely agree and I think it's nice that we've got kind of like a mix here like you're definitely you're you're more into college than I am I just finished my freshman year so I haven't done a whole lot of college college. yet I haven't even started yet has only high school advice (laughs) so I've kind of got high school and college advice and then you're mainly college so we've got a nice mix Mm -hmm. here and definitely Mm -hmm. the advice I'd give to a high school student Balancing a language is much different than what I'd give to a college student. I definitely think it is much harder to balance things in college because, like you said, there's way more work even with, like, they say that, like, AP and IB and all those things, they're like, it's college-level classes, but there's, I think there's a big difference between doing... college classes. (laughs) Well, I think there's a difference between college-level classes spaced out over a year and Mm. college-level classes where you have, like, 10 to 15 weeks to cram all the material in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it definitely becomes a bit more difficult to balance things in college because you only have so much time to do all of your coursework. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it's much more intensive, and that's why, you know, high school might lend itself to allowing more time for language learning, because mm-hmm. um, you, you, you do have more downtime. You have assignments due, but they're not, you, you're not given a syllabus where everything's, like, lined out, mm-hmm. um, whereas in college, you actually have an opportunity to move ahead and, like, keep up with your studies more so, and that's why um, I'm looking very forward to that, but um, I, I do see how college can lend itself to being um, more more study heavy as opposed to um, allowing for free time of language learning even though I think both of you guys are involved in um, a French study of some sort where you you have languages kind of involved in mm-hmm. your um, in your studies am I correct mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm okay um, yep. and like whereas for me I know I will try to involve linguistics but I am doing something that will involve mainly English and so involving other languages for me while it will be a part of my daily life as you guys were saying um, it is very much for me a stress reliever, I think, from the day-to-day work of, um, of a school environment. I think I'm, I would always use like an opportunity to study as a stress reliever. And that's why I think, you know, coming off of school for me, I've been very much like relaxed because I'm, I'm happy to have some time for myself. But, and that's why the language learning activities I've been doing have been more, more so watching videos of people speaking and you know doing more so um passive activities which it's really easy to fall into the habit of saying oh i watched a video that's the language learning i did today but how much language are you really learning from that um so yeah that's where i uh that's where i think i stand right now it's you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 one of my th- things that I wrote in my notes was that taking a language in school is one way to kind of balance language learning while in school because then it becomes 
it kind of moves in the priority dates. list because then it is well you've got the due dates but then also like you unless your school or the program you're using to learn this language doesn't do grades you are getting your grade on it so you feel mm -hmm. like you need to study each day or do all of these assignments and as opposed to when you assign yourself like I'd like to do chapter whatever in this book it mm -hmm. becomes a bit more of a pressing matter when a teacher is like do chapter whatever yeah, yeah, in this yeah. book and so it, it becomes a little bit more plus it it works it into your schedule if you have a class to go to like I I definitely found that I was doing more languages this last semester when I had a, I guess technically I had a language class my first semester but I oh, yeah. <laughs> I will admit that I didn't put the most into Hebrew I did about what I needed and then <laughs> that was it but um with French I was definitely doing a lot of studying for that class and going to class and doing the work and things mm -hmm. and that was a class that was entirely it was an independent study so it was actually just me and two other kids speaking French the whole time and working through our textbooks so um it <laughs> so was like a up for a second you're like Ooh, that yeah cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> the French program at my school has been slowly diminishing and so this year we didn't even have um, a French class that ran. It was just the three of us hanging out, <laughs> reading think, uh, the textbooks. You said there were more but we got credit for it, so. Right? Wow. More people coming in? I have no idea. I will, Possibly. I will be a person coming in. I'll try to revive it. As you uh, well, the professor said that it kind of goes up and down every few years, so like sometimes there's time where there's like 30 majors or whatever, but currently there's two majors at the school, and it's me and a Go, someone going into their senior year so oh, it's no. the two of us and then the other person is like the the only French minor at school so um yeah I'm half of the French program at my school right now <laughs> wow Dang. and I thought we had a small program we had six of us graduating oh last gosh. year six or uh, six French majors Dang. yeah Wow. It's and it's a little weird too because French isn't even like my only major I'm also a film major so it's one of those things where even if I like, I'm not even the, a full French major, so it's a little strange. We don't have the biggest French program currently, but it, it goes up and down. But still, I found that taking that in school kind of forced me to do a little bit of French that I don't think I would have been doing otherwise because it became something where I was like, I have to get, I think I had to get like above a B plus or something in the class in order to have it count towards my French degree. And it was like, mandatory because it was advanced french too so it's like the highest level french or whatever so i was like i have to do well in this class so i and i think it ended up helping because it forced me to do a lot of studying yeah you and, said you learned a lot from that and i ended up gaining a lot because there were so many kind of grammar things that i picked up incorrectly throughout my years of french study that then going back and like intensively studying them like now i know how to use certain like uh, like reflexive pronouns and like all this other kind of random stuff that I'm like I finally understand these things <laughs> so basically one option to learn a language while in school is to take the language in school is that, what, is that kind of like a thing yeah and I think you probably found that too this year because you added originally you were going to do French and Spanish and then you dropped Spanish and took yeah. both French and German in school um, and I, I think you found probably that you ended up doing at least slightly more language than you would have had you not taken French, or do you I feel like that wasn't totally the case? I think so. No, I, I definitely think so, and I actually, um, I've talked about my German class before. Um, I won't mention it, because <laughs> it was not my favorite class. Um, 
I definitely feel like I did more German learning outside of that class, but French learning, I definitely, I walked into that class and I learned something new every day, and um, it was such a, an open and welcoming environment, and anytime like I did something extracurricular, like when I did go to Germany on the program, my French teacher like didn't penalize me at all, she's like, you are out there learning a language, it's this workybist, we will we will work it out. And it was like, there's an understanding between language learners that's great in academia that like, I think it's just, it's great because I don't see that in a lot of other subjects. Um, but as, as far as like learning Norwegian on my free periods, no teacher really understood that. And that's something that I just did for me. Um, and like, you know, I'd, I'd sit there with my various uh, notebooks in my backpack and I just, I'd have Japanese out in one class and like people would be like, whoa, those alphabets, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what any of this says. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just writing characters. Um, but yeah, so I definitely Yeah, think I think that's definitely something to be said. That's the one like icky bit about taking a language in school is that it definitely depends on your teacher or professor. Yeah. Um, just because I do know like I did more language learning second semester because I was taking French and it was fine and I actually I know the professor who would have taught that class and I I really like him as a professor but um, so I think had it been him as well it would have worked but even just with two students I feel like I gained a lot especially since they were both juniors so they were kind of they'd been at the school for a while and they'd taken other French classes there and had things to offer that I as a freshman hadn't really learned or whatever um, but first semester I think I definitely didn't do much language learning at all and possibly part of that is due to the fact that it was my first semester of college ever and I also had 22 credits so come <laughs> coming from high school to doing 22 college credits can kind of like lot. mess you up yeah. anyway um yeah um but I think also maybe had I not been taking the Hebrew class I probably would have done more language learning because then that is more free time it's less less classes that I was taking um, and just because I feel like that class didn't offer a whole lot to me in the way of language learning and it could be like you said you felt like other language learners had that respect for you my professor wasn't really a language learner yeah. she was a native Hebrew speaker who they were like you know Hebrew teach the kids yeah. and she didn't really have the the connection with language learning and language teaching as much as she did with this is my native language i will yeah, pass she, it on to you she somehow to, like demotivate you guys she was like it's hard you won't learn it and it was like oh yeah she was also one of those people that was just kind of like hebrew is so much harder than english english speakers can't learn hebrew like you'll never understand it and i was like having learned other languages uh um, so it was just kind of weird but yeah. so i think it definitely depends on the situation whether it's actually going to help you learn more languages or not mm -hmm. and obviously also it's connected to does your school offer the languages you're interested in yes as well mm -hmm. that is the worst thing you could say to somebody right? though oh yeah. it's so hard you're not going to be able to learn it i've actually very heard that weird too class. <laughs> yeah wow oh man i mean oh I think because she she was a professor for other things because she was also like a rabbi so she taught like a bunch of mm -hmm. Jewish studies classes at the school mm -hmm. and I think it was just one of those things where she was like oh I'm also from Israel and teach and know Hebrew so I'll teach Hebrew as well so she didn't necessarily have like education and experience in teaching Hebrew is was more so she's like I'll just offer this class as well because I I know Hebrew 
but was her Hebrew knowledge when it came to teaching people the best? Maybe not, not so much. Mm. That stinks because yeah. a teacher could really influence students. Oh, totally. And if, mm-hmm. if they're kind of on the fence about wanting to continue the language or not, because I'm sure with you guys, if you've had bad teachers, which you just talked about one, <laughs> if you've had them, you still continue studying anyway because of the joy of learning the language and everything. But exactly. if you're on the fence about it and you're like, well, this is something I could be interested in, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. teacher is not a good one, then those are the people who end up stopping the language they're learning after their two years in high school because mm-hmm. I ran into that with so many of my friends and classmates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, really it was really unfortunate. Oh. <laughs> I was saying it was really unfortunate too because a lot of people were taking this Hebrew class as like their language gen ed because mm. my school requires a semester of language and so I think a lot of these kids were like oh I'll take Hebrew as my language gen ed but then like half our class ended up dropping by the end which probably the drop rates from that class probably should have been a red flag for me to maybe not take it but um like uh a lot of kids ended up dropping or i feel like even the ones who stayed probably wouldn't like you said have that like motivation to stick with the language afterwards so i think it's kind of sad because there is that opportunity for kids that are taking the class just because they have to Mm. as a gen ed to be like oh wait i actually really like language learning maybe i'll stick with this in college and then continue to learn languages and be able to use it in the future and in my career and things but Mm. kind of turns people away from it a bit it's so mm-hmm. weird how language learning has become this um like outside activity now like i you feel like in in a world that's becoming more and more modernized it would be pushed in schools like oh language learning is a good thing and you'd get motivated teachers but i feel like it's been there's been like there's a weird like push away from it and like almost it's been like what's the word I want, like, not ostracized, you know what I mean? Like, it's been, like, pushed to the, like, outer rims of society, and, like, language learners are this rarity now. And, I mean, there has been, like, a popularity of it among um, youth like us, and we we see the value in it, and we, um, we, we, we partake in the study of it because we know, um, we, we just enjoy it, first of all, and, um, there's, we, we clearly understand that we need it, also like just for us in our lives like it's something i think we need um or at least want and i think it's i I just think it's so weird that schools can have this that these centers of education can sometimes lack in language which i feel like would be the the biggest proprietor of education language i think it depends on the teacher though because i think i had i i've come into language contact with language teachers are really passionate about it and do push like this whole we're becoming a global society so it's great to know another language so that way you can use it in business or whatever it is you want to do with your life Mm -hmm. but then there's also ones that aren't and don't feel like it's that important and almost kind of make it so that kids do want to drop it after their two to three years or whatever it is their high school recommends um but i think it's the same for all teachers like i know my sister and i both really don't like math but she had a math teacher this year that she really enjoyed and she did really well in math and she she enjoyed math a bit more than she usually would and I think it's the same where you can have someone teaching you math or science or whatever that makes you enjoy the subject more and makes you almost want to continue it outside of school or you could have someone that you're like ooh 
you know, I just want to get through my mandatory, like, however yeah. many years of this or however many semesters of this and then not touch it ever again. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think it definitely depends on your experience. And I don't know if it's necessarily just languages that are facing that in schools. I think it's just some people are more passionate about, about being a teacher for their mm -hmm. subject. Mm -hmm. And some people are more passionate about, I don't know, some something else that made them become a teacher. As Definitely. opposed to, like, I want to spread a love of whatever it is that I teach. So. I've experienced that in other subjects as well, actually. Mm -hmm. Kind of similar to what you explained about your sister in math. Mm -hmm. I had the same situation where I had a math teacher. And math is not my strong suit whatsoever. Oh, but <laughs> I was in a math class. This was 10th grade in high school. And I did very, very well, actually, because... The guy who taught it, taught it in such a way that we could understand. And I think he, I don't know, he was actually good at his job, yeah. at teaching mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And I think he liked doing it and liked mm -hmm. helping people. And he broke it down so that we could all get it. But there's people who will just teach because that's like, what else do I do with this knowledge? I'm just going to yeah. go teach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just a job. It's not yeah. helping it's not people. like a mission that impart people with knowledge um i had i had this one german teacher who reshaped the way i learned languages and like um it was was one of the people that was able to break it down and like make it uh consumable almost because just when you have that energy and you have that way to break it down it becomes so much more approachable and just yeah that that changed the way i think like that was the year i went on the exchange i um and I just absolutely fell in love with German, even though I'd been learning it for a few years. It was this one teacher that really like sold me on it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's definitely something to be said for the method in which it's taught to you. Because if it, if it is taught to you by a teacher who's, you know, uninspirational or, you know, makes you want to drop it, it's, um, it's, it's really unfortunate. And I, I think it's sad that that's the case with a lot of kids nowadays is language has become this um, mundane task that... Um, I mean, luckily we are a part of this polyglot community where we all, you know, enjoy the uh, the self-education of um, languages. And I think that's why we're able to find it as a stress reliever. Like, if someone was to go up to us and say, oh, you're stressed, you know, you're, you're worried about something. Oh, do some math problems, solve these equations. We'd get more stressed. And I, I think that's yeah. just because, you know, we're the people that turn to language. Um, and the people that turn to science and turn to math and English. And... Uh, so yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, it's a niche that needs to be occupied. So, just, much as everything else needs to. So, we are who we are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I would agree with that, yeah. yeah. And there's one thing I wanted to ask you guys, actually. I know you just graduated high school, so I don't know what it's like, or what it was like in your high school. But yeah. for both of you, at my school, we had, the. now this is college, not my high school, but... Yeah. At my school, we had outside activities that were required of us for our class. So we had to Ooh. go to like 10 of them per semester. And we had the option of, so we had it for both Spanish and French. It was a little bit different for each department. But we had the option of French table where you would go and speak French with people during lunchtime for an hour. And the TA was there so to guide cool. the discussion, make sure we weren't speaking English to each other or anything yeah. like that. But there was that. We had French movie. We had, um, what was the other one? 
it was French Cafe. So we would go over to the TA's house and we would play games and speak in French for an hour. And we had to go to a certain number of those. They were offered every week. Oh, and the news was another one. We would talk about current events. And we had those every week they were offered and you could just go to them. And even if you finished your 10 that you had to go to Mm -hmm. in the semester, they were happy to see you go and be interested because of course they're being paid to do this, but it's kind of discouraging when no one shows up, which no one really does until the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have this opportunity to speak with a native speaker and do Mm -hmm. fun things that kind of relate to life more than what you learn in the classroom, there's always that option too. And I didn't know if you guys had that at your school. That's so cool. I um, um, I actually th- this year was uh, the first time where I think I noticed like I was missing out on a lot of that that kind of stuff. Like I we don't have any German native speakers at um at my high school, but um one of the teachers speaks. He's mistaken for a native almost every time we go to Germany. And um, what was it? I I approached him and asked him if we could start um basically a, a, a French cafe but for German and we called it Cafe Klatsch which is just like coffee chat um, and we got like a little we got some uh, some little snacks and drinks and then I think every Thursday after school for we did it for a few consecutive weeks um, and we would just invite kids who are passionate about German or just want to you know be involved in something and we did it before the exchange so kids who were going on the exchange could come and like improve the way they speak and just get a little used to it and it was really nice we'd have people show up and I, I did it as um as like a extra project for the program I was in I needed to do like like that's how polyglot progress started actually it was the same kind of method um but uh what was it I, I did this and so you know we'd get like a little round table of maybe like six kids and um it, w- it was really cool to see people who were actually passionate come up and speak and to you know to see that there are people out there who do enjoy it and doing these things that are more like, you know, what it is when you speak a language outside the classroom, which is, you know, mm-hmm. having an actual conversation and not like, my name is this and I come from here and I wear clothes and eat food <laughs> and like these basic sentences. It actually, you know, it gets very complicated very quickly. And, you know, I think it's amazing doing op- doing things like that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, my high school definitely didn't have anything like that. Um, Occasionally, like, the French club or French NHS or the Spanish club or whatever would put on, like, a a movie night or something where they'd play some movie that was either in the language or oftentimes just took place in the country. Um, So it wouldn't necessarily even be in the language. Um, to kind of raise money for them, or they do like a crepe sale, I think happened a lot for the French one. Um, So there weren't really a lot of events, like those were very sparse throughout the year, and usually it wasn't even necessarily a come and practice your language kind of thing. It was more of like a, we need to raise money for our club (laughs) slash organization, so here's a slightly cultural-related event that you can attend to pay us. but my, and then my college, it hasn't, well, my film program requires outside activities, basically, because we have sort of like every Wednesday night this year, we had a movie that we had to attend, and we had to watch it and talk about it, and it was separate from the 
like cinema studies class that we took where we would go every week and watch films and talk about them. This was just through our normal film, like what our cinematography professor or something like that. Like another professor would show a film that they wanted us to see and then we'd have a really brief discussion and then leave. And it was just so that we'd have seen films that they wanted to be able to reference in class and that sort of thing. Um, and just to kind of get us watching more films and stuff. But for French, what we were going to do since it was an independent study, my professor wanted to start a French coffee hour because we do have a Spanish coffee hour at my school actually. And I think our Starbucks gives you free drinks if you're there for that, which is cool. Like I think you can go and they'll give you like a free coffee or tea or whatever and then you get to go and practice Spanish and so he was hoping to start up a French coffee hour and make that mandatory for the independent study students so that way there would be at least three kids at the coffee hour and um, that way he'd know that we were practicing (laughs) our French Um, although then we ended up meeting a ton and getting all the way through a textbook and he was like oh wow and we read a novel (laughs) too so he was like okay you actually did all all this work Um, but we, yeah, never ended up working out because he was also hoping that there, he's like, there must be native speakers and just other people that know French that want to come, but no one else, I guess, wanted to come to French coffee what hours, so it never Haitian happened. Dead? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't speak French, though, either, I don't oh, think. I think no. he only speaks Creole. Oh, um, but, cool. <laughs> yeah, so we, we didn't have a French coffee hour, and then outside of that, I mean, there there might be occasional things put on, but really, since our French program is so small at my school, there's not really a lot of people putting on, like, a French movie night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the future, I'd start... And also, since the, the other French major is now going to be a senior, my school requires senior projects. So you have Ooh. to write, like, a thesis paper or put on a play or, or like, whatever your major entails and whatever you want to do. You have to do some sort of... Usually that's the theater majors, like but um, you have to you have to do some sort of culminating thesis project, and yeah. basically then that gets reviewed by a board of professors or whatever that decide if you get to graduate or not, which is terrifying. Yep. But um, no pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, possibly there will be unless he chooses to write like a thesis paper, which he very well could. But um, mm. if he decides to do something that's more community oriented, maybe there will be more French activities. Um, maybe if I decide to do something more community-oriented my senior year, there will be French activities on campus. Um, but for now, I'd say there's not much that's mandatory. and Well, there's nothing really mandatory, and then there's not a whole ton going on um, mm-hmm. at my school. It depends, though, on the class. I was also I was in a French cinema class for a day this semester before... <laughs> a day. Um, <laughs> Because my French class, we didn't know if there was even going to be an independent study yet, and so I picked another class to kind of fill in the space just in case. Um, But then the French ended up running, so I had to drop the other class. So I didn't take French cinema, but when I was there, one of the things that she required was she worked on like a French film festival. And so you had to come to the French film festival and watch like a certain number of hours of films and then you had to volunteer for a certain number of hours there as well and if you wanted so to cool. be like on the board for that festival and help curate films you could get like extra credit as well so um like being an intern or something too there were other intern positions you could take to earn extra credit so that one was did have mandatory french usage things required um 
And so I think it definitely depends on the class, because I think there are a few things that do require some French usage, but surprisingly enough, they're not actually French classes. They're, like, other classes more related to French culture as opposed to the French language. But I suppose if you know the French language, you get a little more out of it because you get Mm -hmm. to practice. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I really wish, like... We had you. We were talking before. You said you used to work, or yeah, you used to work at a language yep. resource center. I was, did. Was that yes. Your college? Yes, it was actually. So that was one of the points I wanted to make, and this ties into another point actually, which Abigail, you were talking about a little bit, and so are you, Matt. Actually, both of you were, <laughs> but. The idea of creating your own meetup if it doesn't already exist mm-hmm. and stuff. So yes, I did work at a language resource center and it's cool because it was a place that I discovered in during my freshman year, the French PLA or peer learning assistant, kind of the tutor. Yeah. He would have his office hours there and we would go study there and everything and it was cool because then I realized there were lots of computer programs and books and stuff that I could check out like textbooks and things. And they had it for all kinds of languages. So ones that were taught at the school, ones that are no longer taught at the school but the resources are still there. And it's all free so it's really really cool to be able to go do that. And then they even have some kind of like electronic equipment if you want to be making videos and stuff like that which I think is really neat. Now it's really small and kind of hidden so (laughs) not a lot of people know about it especially since they took the printer away because people would go do homework and print their homework out. But now that it's not there all the newer students like the freshmen and sophomores of this past school year they didn't know about the language resource center so when I told people I work there they're like what's that Uh, (laughs) which really really sad but a lot of schools have them actually Mm -hmm. I was surprised I didn't even know the school had it because it wasn't advertised when I was doing any tours or anything like that but Mm -hmm. I ended up working there And one of the things that I did to try to promote the center itself, in addition to all its resources, was creating an event, which were mini language workshops. So what I did with that was I got the names of kids who spoke other languages, whether they were from another country and were an international student, or they grew up in the States but spoke another language, or if they spoke a language to a very advanced level and have studied abroad and everything, they know it very, very well, in other words. And so I got their names and had them sign up if they agreed to do this for a week. And after they picked their week, every week you can learn a new language, like students can learn a new language taught by these students who signed up to teach. And it was one hour once a week, so very low commitment. And it was cool because we had languages like Indonesian, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Uh, What else do we have? We had German, so French, all kinds of languages. So that was one of the opportunities I had at the Language Resource Center was to get this thing together. And there was always food involved related to the culture. So that got people coming (laughs) out and stuff. But yeah, another tip is to just make up your own event or work at a language resource center because then, Mm -hmm. or you don't even have to work there. You could just go there and since you're surrounded by the books and things, you could take your study break and go study a language, so. (laughs) That's so cool. Dang. 
Yeah, I really wish I had something like that. Do you do you know if our school has something like that? Um, we sort of do, but it's not necessarily a language resource center. So we have a tutoring oh, center. The, yeah. There's a tutoring center, and obviously, if you're taking, but that's only the tutors are only going to be for language courses they offer. So you wouldn't be able to pick up like Indonesian or something. Dang. But we do have apparently in our library, which I didn't know about until like the last few weeks of school, and I still haven't been there. But apparently. We have a whole language section in the library somewhere. Um, so there is like a whole section that's books in other languages, which is how, how I learned about it because one of the people in my French class was like, oh, I was wandering through the language section and found this book in French. How It looks interesting. How about we do that for the novel we read for the course? And I was like, wait, there's a language section. Um, <laughs> and like we have like teach yourself books and Pimslers and like things like that's that there awesome. as well. So. Um, it's not the largest collection of books because uh, we aren't the richest of schools and uh, the the money tends to go towards other things before it goes towards buying random language materials for the library. Um, but it does exist. So uh, you and I can take a journey there when school starts. But, Definitely. Um, we'll do our, we do um, have language materials. We could do, we could do a college uh, college library adventure for <laughs> instead of bookstores. In which you see like annoyed college students in the background as we're like talking <laughs> or like, and then here's this language book and someone's like trying to write my paper. <laughs> That's um, the other thing. If your school has an online database for the library, mm -hmm. one thing I was doing was I was snooping around to see what kinds of books we might have in our library. But they also yeah. have their ebooks listed, and I found ones for Korean that we didn't have on uh, in our library, but they were online. Mm. And I didn't even know we had them. But yeah. if you check out your database, you never know what you have. I have. Yeah, been... that's how I learned we had Teach Yourself and stuff. Because, like I said, I haven't made it down to the language section yet. I really haven't explored the library as much as I really should because <laughs> there's kind of like a main portion of the library that you see, and then you have to like go down into the basement and like come back up to go to this like back part of the library that has all the books in it, um, like the books other than ones that people take often. So I haven't been down into like where most of the books are or whatever um, because I just have had so many other things going on that I haven't been able to take a day to like explore the library or whatever and go into the basement and all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I haven't been there, but I was looking around just like, what books do we have? And so I, I learned that we do have like some teach yourself books and some other kind of language materials for random languages. Um, but I haven't checked the eBooks yet, so I'll definitely need to do that. Something really cool. I just found, um, oh, you know, I've been searching for my library card everywhere. And then I found yes. it yesterday, and I was able to, like, access my local library um, online, because I, I was very interested in just, like, I I do purchase a lot of books, and I'm like, I should probably just start using my library more. It First of all, support them, and then, like, save myself some money. That'd be a good thing. And um, I support wanted yourself. to see, Support myself, yeah, treat myself. Um, I wanted to um, see what kind of ebooks they had, and so I've been big into, um, Haruki Murakami recently, reading the English translations, because I don't know enough Japanese to read him, um, or any for that matter, and, um, I, um, I just, you know, type his name, and then some of the first books that come up for the ebooks are in other languages. I see, like, Spanish and French, and I'm like, I, I think I even saw Portuguese, and I'm like, this is crazy, um, and so I'm sure, like, even my local library might have a whole bunch of, um, language resources that I don't even know about and even just they do we went languages. and found your language resources at one point that is true and they still they still think I haven't returned half that stuff I got 
I saw it. It looks oh. like half of that. I like owe them five dollars, and I'm like, um, <laughs> I'd return them. Oh well, them I those. think I think you held them back anyway. You probably still owe the money, even though you returned them. Oh, that could be it. <laughs> they probably know I you returned. Like, still I took your like money. children's books in Spanish. I had like these three little books I saw, and I was like, they're so cute. I need to borrow those. Oh, <laughs> those are helpful though. They are. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. I actually want to try and go back to my library. I really don't have much time before the trip, but I kind of want to go to my library before the trip and check out some German kids' books because I did sort of early on in my German language learning and I couldn't understand them. And so I'd like to go back and get those and see how much I know. No, yeah, I was watching Peppa Pig instead. So I guess that's one way you can balance learning a language with school is like just fun things like reading children's books and stuff. Your library. Um, I got so many German poetry books from my library. Like, they were giving them away, and I found them all, and my, my librarian was like, do you want me to get you a box to, like, put all these in? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and so I came home with a giant box of just German poetry books, and um, I was like, I couldn't believe that my school library had these. I'm like, I don't know where they were. It's ancient and dusty, and um, it was so You cool. definitely had a nicer high school library than I that did, though. That is also though. true. I was, my I high school fortunate. library had, like, maybe a hundred books in it, <laughs> and... It was a really sad thing. They sent a letter to my house the other day, like, please donate a book to the library. So at least now they, they've started to acknowledge that they really don't have any books. Um, oh. I'm tempted to, they, they said if you call, you can request a specific title. So I'm tempted to, like, start, like, a language learning, like, section oh, at my, like, old high school library just to see if Be someone... the change you want to see it. in this world, Abigail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I think they so mean cool. novels, though, because they, like, specifically said novels, and I was like, what if I want you to be able to teach yourself another language and further your mind? <laughs> it prevents Alzheimer's by a few years. Please. <laughs> That's what I read, yeah. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. I don't know if I agree yet, though, because my English has deteriorated so much. Same. Actually, <laughs> though. <laughs> it's really bad. I didn't realize how bad it was until Abigail was like, okay, Matt, you know, do more things in English, like... Seriously. It's know. always all those who said it nicely. Out. I just started making fun of your yeah, English yeah. because it, you... it was pretty vicious. <laughs> you were saying? Oh, um, I was just saying it's always other people who will point that out. I know. When you need to practice some more, like even your <laughs> native language and when you're forgetting yeah. things. That's but what friends you, are for, right? Then you'll talk to language learners and you all like understand the, the English Creole that you speak where it's like you're using other syntaxes and it's just not making sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I was like last <laughs> night Matt and I were speaking English, German, and French to each other and I was like half awake. I was literally about to go to bed and I was talking to Matt and it just started to, as I got more and more tired, it deteriorated. it deteriorated more and more and more. And it became like I was using all three languages. And then I used oh Esperanto gosh. at some point, which I haven't spoken in ages. And it just like randomly came through and Matt was like, oh my god, what's happening? Yeah, I was really like, I was thrown off and I was like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. Sleep affects it a lot though. That's the other thing. In college, mm. you can't always get that good yeah. night's rest <laughs> or anything mm -hmm. and then it affects how you speak your languages because yeah. you're like on point when you sleep well and everything it's mm. so surprising the difference between like sleeping well and then not getting much yeah. how much of a difference that can make in how you speak a language definitely definitely like, like even when i was abroad this year if i got a good night's sleep i would be able to you know come back at what my 
host family was saying to me and, you know, communicate. But if I, like, just got there or, like, you know, didn't get a good night's sleep, I was out all night maybe, um, I would just, like, listen to them and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine, <laughs> nine, this, ich, nine. Yeah. And then so, that's, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cause I'll have So one. you guys, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, I actually didn't know what I was saying. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you mentioned Peppa Pig before, and my roommate yes. and I used to watch that together, even in languages we oh. didn't understand, <laughs> to try to understand it and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But you were talking about doing fun things and watching things like Peppa Pig. Well, I know college is very time-consuming and things, so maybe you feel like, oh, you can't watch an hour long of a Spanish soap opera or a (laughs) Korean drama or something. So I found on Netflix Korean dramas where the episodes were only 15 minutes long, and I thought, wow, that's doable. 15 minutes is nothing, Mm -hmm. and it will make you more motivated to study because you're not Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to take an hour that I don't have out of my time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have just a small chunk of time where you have a short kind of thing to watch and listen and everything. You're still learning just a little bit. Yeah, I definitely recommend that too, especially Mm -hmm. because I feel like everyone, even if we don't feel like we have time, everyone in college occasionally has those days where we like binge Netflix (laughs) and we probably don't have time for it, but like somehow we manage to watch like six hours of a TV show and like watch a whole season (laughs) in a day or whatever. Um, so I, I don't think I've ever managed to do that, watch an entire season of a show in a day. I haven't yeah. gotten to that point either. My sister has managed okay, to I'm be glad one of those not people that's me. like, I watched a whole ten season <laughs> show in a week or whatever, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can't um, do that. No, neither can I. I but what I've found is when I do want to watch TV, something I've tried to do for myself is like, if I want to watch Netflix, I've tried to do it in another language or something that will kind of still give me some sort of language or cultural thing like even I was watching Jane the Virgin at one point this year and they speak a good amount of Spanish in it but the show isn't entirely in Spanish but I still it was enough to expose myself to it a little bit and actually it kind of is what influenced me to then go and study Spanish this summer because I was hearing it enough and I was like wait this is really pretty like I want to learn this too and that sort of thing so I'd say just kind of incorporating it when you do want to do something fun Um, because it is nice to occasionally relax in college. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to read a book or watch a TV show or something, if you can, then doing it in another language is a way to easily keep up with your language studies while also not doing 8 million things outside of school. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I have a a comedian that I I know I I talk to you about sometimes um, where I realized I just said you, but I pointed to Abigail, but that probably didn't mean anything. It's the audience. Both of you. Um, (laughs) No, but I have this comedian, this Swiss comedian who speaks German, and I I find her absolutely hilarious. And I I think, like, comedy in another language is something that, like, takes a while to grasp. And so the fact that I'm able to understand her sense of humor is something that, like, I, I take a little bit of pride in. I'm like, that's that's cool. You know, I, the fact that I can, like, crack up while watching one of her, like, shows is, um, is, is really cool to me. And, you know, I take genuine, like, enjoyment out of it. And so um, I'll, you know, just be relaxing for a bit and, you know, I'll just put, like, on the TV, I'll, like, I'll do, like... I, I think the other day I was folding laundry and I just, you know... That's- I was, I, yeah. I that's when I watch all my shows like actually is <laughs> when I have to do laundry like that's my time to relax because <laughs> yeah. like 
I have to fold laundry anyway. I might as well watch like an episode of something on Netflix while I fold it. Yeah, so I just, I that's definitely YouTube, a like... time to do language <laughs> studies is like even just like a Pimsler or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Pimsler or watching a show or listening to music in another language or listening definitely. to an audio book or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's great to do while folding laundry because you <laughs> can feel like you're not like making extra time for something. But yeah, you're, you're still doing it. You yeah, you done. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Same with exercising too. Yes. Like, yes. Especially yes. if you're not running. If you're running, you could listen. But if you're sitting like on one of those stationary bikes and things, yep. which I would do sometimes, I would be <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> I, you know, when I could and stuff. But I would be doing memorize lessons and yep. stuff. That's what yep. I do. I literally do memorize <laughs> while on the stationary bike, and I taught that to Matt the other day. Yep. We, we went to the gym together, and I, I he was like, walk me through your, like, workout routine. So I, like, did it, and I'm like, and now I sit here and do Memorize for, like, 30 <laughs> minutes. It's being He's productive like, in many ways. worth it. <laughs> it is, and there's also all that science that says that, like, if you study while exercising, you're more likely to remember it. And I'm not sure how well it works, but mm-hmm. I like to think it's working while I'm doing Memorize at the gym, because I'm like, I'm going to remember these German words so well. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually, it was pretty fun. I find that, like, I'm able to concent- concentrate on something. Um, if it's audible while I'm exercising, I can I can do something auditory um, much easier than um, trying to do something visual while my body's moving. Um, mm. At least that's just for me. But, like, I, I've, I knew kids in high school who would go to the gym and study at the same time or, like, do readings, and I'm like, how are you moving and doing that? Um, yeah, I've done that too, actually, because I don't and I know think how. <laughs> I didn't really exercise that much while I was at school, but I want to do it this year because I have found that I can do rings. Like I did it over winter break. I would like go to the gym and bring my like giant eighty-page packet or whatever <laughs> that I had to read, wow. and so it's like one of those things where because if you are doing something where you're sitting. Or if it's something you could, like, kind of prop up while you're on the treadmill or something. If you're mm-hmm. walking, that is. I don't think you could really do it as well while <laughs> yeah, r- yeah. running. But Doing things that you kind right of could do it. Yeah, just anything you could Curl kind of incorporate it with. I think that going to the gym is a good time. And, like, I think that's the best way to time manage for yeah. language learning is to do it while you need to do something else. If mm-hmm. As long as it's not, like, taking away from your language study. Um, yeah. But, like, while you're folding laundry or, like, working out something that doesn't really take too much of your mental attention, I think that's a good time to study a language because it just kind of it. works it into your schedule, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, keeping a language as something that you hear and then producing it are two different things, and I find that I can totally understand German much better than I can produce it nowadays. And, I mean, and I would almost say it's the opposite with French, because, like, just the way it's spoken, like almost confuses me and then you know all the times where like I understand everything I hear and then I'm like that was a bunch of gibberish I have no idea what is being said to me um but you know yeah it's very much a puzzle and I find that I need to like put more effort into producing it than um understanding it sometimes it depending on the language of course yeah. yeah, I found it interesting. I don't feel like just listening to things helps my speaking. Like, I think it helps my speaking and pronunciation, but I've been surprised. I've had, since I've started teaching English, I've had so many students that have been like, I, I've listened to podcasts for the past year, but I've never spoken, and now I'm speaking. And they speak, like, nearly flawlessly, and I'm like... <laughs> okay um like they're like oh yeah i just watch tv and like listen to podcasts and i've never touched a book and like i've never spoke 
spoken before and they're like having a conversation with me and i'm like okay (laughs) crazy oh my gosh that's not me at all (laughs) no no it's not me at all i'm like wow like i I talk to them i'm like oh so how do you learn this or whatever and and then they're like oh i just listened to stuff and now i'm starting to speak and i'm like okay oh my god I'm like, I wish. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I wish. Oh if I could have a superpower, maybe it would be that. But yeah. Yeah, just... definitely. Like, I definitely think it helps, but I don't think I could ever like do it enough that I could just have a conversation after listening for so long. Yeah. I've always I've always wondered like if I could. Um... Yeah, again, that's so weird because I could I could never imagine nowadays learning a language. Um without having some sort of translation into another language that I speak. Um, like, mm-hmm. just listening to something or just reading something. I mean, if I had knowledge of a similar language, but, like, let's say I wanted to learn Mandarin without having any English translation and just have it be taught to me in Mandarin, I feel like I'd need to have somebody sit down with me and, like, make gestures and stuff until I could start to get, like, meaning. And, like, uh, it always amazes me when I see people who are able to, like, learn like that. If I mean, that, again, that's how children learn. Um, I think part of the difference, though, is I think a lot of these people, even if they didn't necessarily get much out of it, I think a lot of them had English as a language in school when they were younger. Yeah. And even if they didn't necessarily remember anything from it, it probably gave them at least enough of the basics that they could then just listen to things and kind of pick it up. Mm -hmm. So I think even if they aren't aware of it, I think because they were exposed to it at such a young age, most of them, because English is such, like, a big language now throughout the world, I think... That definitely, I think that's a little bit of the difference is that it might be a little easier for someone to just listen to English as opposed to an English learner trying to learn something else. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think another issue is that I'm a hands-on learner, so I have to be producing it to get better at producing it. I can't just hear it. I'm not an auditory learner where I just Mm -hmm. hear it and I'm like, okay, now I can do it. No, I have to do it a billion times. (laughs) There goes my clock again. (laughs) (laughs) That means we've been, oh yeah, we've been going for Well, I guess now hour. we know how long we've been recording. <laughs> yeah, I just looked over. It's been an hour and two minutes. <laughs> yeah, this thing is very fun. Also, <laughs> annoying at times. But I actually did want to say something else, too. Yeah, so another thing you could do, because we talked a lot about listening to the language and being able to do stuff actively and passively in the sense of you're listening to it, but not so much of producing it. And so one thing I was going to say was meeting up with people at your school who are either native speakers or wanting to learn the language as well. So not necessarily a meeting as in like the Spanish cafe type thing I talked about before, a French cafe, but rather one-on-one meeting together and getting lunch with the person and then maybe doing half of your lunch time in English and then the other half in the other language. Because I did that a few times. So like an in-person language exchange? Yeah, yeah, nice. just like that. That's really cool. That's really Yeah, and cool. then I guess if you don't have access to that, just doing like a, a language exchange on italki, like I know mm-hmm. I that was part of how Add One Challenge wasn't over when I started school, and that was part of how I kept up with it was I'd do uh, lessons during my lunch break, like on Wednesdays first yeah. semester. I had class in the morning, and then I had like two hours to eat lunch, and then I had another class in the afternoon. And so basically what I did was I would get lunch, bring it back to my room, and, like, kind of set up for my lesson, and so I'd kind of take that hour to eat and get set up and stuff, and then I'd spend the other hour doing, like, an italki lesson, and then I'd go to class, so it was, like, a nice way to kind of build it in throughout my day. The only 
downside is that can be a little bit stressful. Um, but I think also, though, that was mainly stressful for me because I can't necessarily, as a college student, afford to have an italki lesson every single day. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do studying outside of the lesson in order to be more prepared for the next lesson I had. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're someone that could do maybe free language exchanges or has enough money that you could spend to do more frequent exchanges on italki and almost learn exclusively through that, maybe a teacher that does like visual things and auditory mm -hmm. things and like a nice combination of things, that can be a really easy way to block it into your schedule because you can use a lunch break or right before you go to bed or something. And so the same thing with meeting up with someone at your school, if you have access to someone that you can talk to at your school. I don't know why, but when you said eating, I remember that I have a half-eaten banana right here on my desk. So Rotting away. That's fantastic. <laughs> Because you were like, oh, you're set up so clean. Like, look at that lighting. And I'm like, I just remember there's a banana right there. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> really professional. <laughs> All right. It's okay. Everyone needs to eat. <laughs> That's true. Uh, do we have anything else that we'd like to say before we close off? Because I feel like we're almost done I over had, here. I had a few more, actually. Then, then go. Then go. I'll just, I'll sit here, guys. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first? Or do you want Oh, to... um... I guess I'll do one of mine because I have like a few, but I can probably like rapid fire a bunch of them. Um, but one of the things I had is just like I definitely toned down the amount of study that I did this past year because, like I said, I definitely think that the jump from high school to college, the amount of time you have to study a language outside of school definitely changes a bit um, mm -hmm. because there's just more you have to put into college classes. Plus, in college, you usually have to balance like work like a job and an internship and possibly other things like there's other adult things you have to be doing at the same time um so I, I think definitely not necessarily giving up on your studying but toning it down a bit maybe maybe instead of learning six languages or something you stick to maybe one and you just kind of, I think setting more realistic goals is a good idea and just setting goals in general because that, even though you don't have a deadline necessarily unless you give yourself one, having goals like, oh, by the end of the semester, I'd like to have learned these grammar points or I want to have gotten through a textbook or I want to be able to have a 10 minute conversation or something, that kind of almost gives you a deadline and an assignment. So it makes it a little bit more of a priority and so, it holds you accountable, but I definitely think kind of evaluating how much time you'll have at school, whether it's thinking about what year you are in high school and how much work will come with that. Like, are you going to be taking standardized tests? Are you going to be sending in college applications or are you yeah. just getting started or that kind of thing? And then, or if you're in college, like evaluating, do I have a job? Do I have an internship? How many credits am I taking? Like, are these really difficult classes or that sort of thing? Um, and just kind of evaluating how much time you'll think you'll have to learn languages and kind of thinking about your schedule and where you'll have time to learn languages um, and coming up with goals that kind of fit in that so that way you can balance them all at once. Definitely. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. What I was going to say was volunteering, actually, because we had... This surprised me. This was another thing my school didn't really advertise when I was like on a tour and everything but that there's a Hispanic population where my school was so there was a lot of community service that we were required to do but mm -hmm. 
you know, if you weren't a Spanish major, you could still get involved in things. But community service within the Spanish community or the Hispanic community, and it allowed you to be able to use that language and help other people at the same time. So there was like a tutoring program after school for elementary school students. There was also this thing called Casa de la Cultura, which was basically tutoring ESL adults, like tutoring adults in ESL. Mm, cool. And there was a bilingual charter school nearby that nice. you were able to have opportunities to work with as well, which was a really, really cool experience. So if there is a community of people who speak another language nearby, whatever, in your town, mm -hmm. by your school, whatever, you could always get involved with that too and be using that Definitely. language and help others. Totally. Yeah, we totally. actually have the exact same program at my school. I just didn't necessarily think of it because since my Spanish isn't at a high enough level, my Spanish is like not even A1. So since it's at not the level that I could be doing anything for the program, I kind of forget that it exists. But we actually do have, it's probably kind of the same exact thing because we also have uh, tutoring students after school, like elementary kids and that sort of thing, helping them with their homework. We have... And I don't know what all the programs are, but it's kind of the same deal where if you are a native Spanish speaker, bilingual with Spanish, or speaking at like a really advanced level, you can come and work for slash volunteer for this program and help people with Spanish related things using the language. So it's a great opportunity for you to practice or just get to use a language that maybe you wouldn't since you're in an fairly English-speaking place since most of the, most if not all of the classes at the college are taught in English unless they're a foreign language class. So it's a chance for you to get to use the language and then also help other people. So that's actually, I think a lot of colleges probably have that since. That's really cool. I didn't, I didn't know about that at all. That's really cool. Yeah, we, we have it. They'll send you, when you get to school, you'll get emails every few weeks where they're like, come <laughs> do this for the program I I and wanna... I'm like I wish I could but I don't know enough Spanish to do anything. I know we have a, <laughs> uh, a multicultural society at our school which um nicely enough is right next to Starbucks but uh I, um, it's actually so... the multicultural <clears throat> sector map. Oh I'm sorry I didn't know that because I don't go to school there yet um but I, I I went to them when we had like open house for the school because I'm incoming student and I went up to their like table they were showing all the like activities on the school and I was just talking to the lady that worked there and we were like you know yeah it's mainly you know the african-american community and just you know the kind of minorities on campus but you know, like we welcome everybody to come and you know hang out and do work with us and I'm like I'm really interested in that because you know languages I'm sure I could involve in that and so yeah actually going back to kind of the topic of doing languages in school even outside of classes necessarily there's clubs like actually the multicultural center you were talking about holds an ASL club Mm -hmm. And you basically go and you can learn ASL. They Each week they focus on kind of a different topic. And so, like, one topic will be, like, weather or something. And you go and they teach you signs for weather. And then there's time for you to, like, practice. You play games with it. So that way you That's guys so are, like, cool. uh, using the language with each other and stuff. And so I wasn't able to do it either semester because it it's a club so obviously then that's that's the issue with doing a club instead of a class is it's not a super big commitment because you can skip meetings but at the same time it might conflict with your class schedule which it did both times for me it was like I had class while the club was running oh, or I would only be able to make it to like 30 minutes of the club or whatever every night so um, 
I'm hoping to do that this year, but there are things like that that you can get involved in with possibly your high school or your college. Or I actually, mm-hmm. my high school, I tried to start a languages club. Um, really? But no teacher wanted to pick it up with me. <laughs> um, so oh, it didn't end up no. happening. But I wanted to start because there was there was a teacher that said she might, but then she never did. Um, but there was, like, the Spanish club and the French club and those things. And so I wanted to start just a languages club in general where there would be a different language each week. And we'd um, kind of talk about it and maybe, like, learn some words or watch a movie in it and that sort of thing. And, like, just people who are interested in languages could come and talk about languages they were learning or languages mm. they wanted to learn or if they were a native speaker they could come and help pe- people or that sort of thing. That's um, so cool. And so I mean I think maybe it's something I'd carry over to college and try and get started because I'm sure there might be more people interested in that kind of thing in a college environment as opposed to a high school environment and I think it's also a bit easier to start a club in college than it is in True. high school because high schools have all those rules like teachers that sponsor things have to yeah. get paid and stuff so then there's all those kind of weird rules and stuff in high school but you you also you had to get a certain number of students to sign on and say they'd be part of the club oh, no. for my high school in order for it to start so that was the other problem is there just wasn't that many students that were interested so uh it, it was that and paired with them the teacher wanted people to come and all that sort of thing so yeah those and then I guess moving on to my my last was um, kind of setting a schedule with like setting a time or setting yeah. days that you can work on languages. So whether it's like you say every day during my lunch break, I'm going yeah. to try and work some study in. Or if it's like, oh, I know that I have sports every day of the week except for Thursday and Sunday. Then you're like, Thursdays and Sundays I'll study languages. And like kind of giving yourself a time when you know your schedule to work on languages. And then also just making it a habit. Like Mm -hmm. um, I definitely haven't been doing it recently, but I did make language learning this habit where I was doing it every single day, even when I was really busy because I kind of worked out ways that I could still study while having it be something lighter and that's why I like things like Duolingo because it's almost kind of like a game even if you're not Mm -hmm. getting like I don't think you could fully study a language there since it isn't as intensive but at the same time it's great for those nights where you don't want something that intensive and you just want to kind of absorb some new vocabulary or maybe just review something you've already learned or that kind of thing and it's kind of fun. Yeah I I just had something I wanted to say to something that you said do a Lego? <laughs> no, it was right before. I was going to jump I in. I was talking about setting times and days. Yes, okay, there we go. Thank you. I um, I had free period every day, third period, and so, you know, I'd have my hour of uh, English and then history, and then I had third period, which basically became another hour of language learning for me that I had within my school day, because I went right from that to German, and then I went right from German to French, so I had, like, three periods of language learning back-to-back, and, you know, I was able to take breaks if I needed to because, you know, it was something for me. Um, but it was really cool because I had that and it worked into my day. And I, there were a lot of times I would just take out my book, get my audio out, and then um, spend like 45 minutes going through and learning something new, which which I thought was really cool to be able to learn something of a, of a new language at school without a teacher. It's like, it's kind of, there, there's a pride in that, I think. But there's also no no shame in learning with a teacher, obviously. <laughs> um, but like, there's obviously a difference when you do teach yourself something. It's very, 
it's like a humbling experience almost. Um, but yeah, so I I just I can relate with yeah, scheduling study halls it. are really great too. That kind of is only relevant for if you're in high school. I guess once you get mm. to college, you just have to learn time management. Yeah. Um, but with study halls, the other great thing is not only like using that time to learn a language because then it almost feels like it's a school task too. So it almost yeah. feels slightly more important. You're in that like educational environment. Um, it almost feels like another class, even though you're teaching yourself. But the other great thing that I made use of study halls for and stuff is getting your homework out of the way. So then you have all this time in the yes. afternoon when you get home from high school to spend learning a language or doing whatever it is you want to do. Um, and also just other classes similar to that. Like like I said, when the end of my senior year, I was able to kind of do things in every class. But also at the beginning of senior year, I took I needed just one more elective to put in my schedule. And so I took this photography class, but we didn't, I, I already had enough photography oh, yeah. experience that photography one was like very basic and I kind of slid past all of the like Photoshop things and um, like learning about things. So I didn't have to do a ton of things in class. I basically got my work done in one period and then the other like two weeks we had to do a project. I just kind of sat there. So I did I was taking online classes as well. I took like half my classes at my public school and then half my classes online um, through a different school. So I was kind of enrolled at two different schools. But so I would use my photography class to do all of my art, online art history work. Mm. Um, so that way I would have less to do them when I got home and I could come home, do my any other work that I need to do for the day and then kind of spend my time learning languages. Yeah. And definitely I learned most of German that I learned in school since it was an independent study. I learned it um, because my high school didn't offer German, so this was just me and my teacher self book, but it was on my transcript as having been an independent study, which is that's sweet. So cool. <laughs> um, I wish I could have done But that. yeah, that's another thing high school students see if you can just like list it as an independent study because then yeah. you feel like you have to do things even yeah. though chances are your school won't make you do anything for the independent study. No one ever even checked if I knew German really by the end of the year. Um, but it was on there so I was like, I have to study German. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I used my study hall periods for those a lot of the time, and it's a little bit hard if you've got friends in your study hall because then they want to talk to you and stuff. But I wasn't like, having that. I, I like told region. my friends I was like, I have to, I'm gonna work, and I, I had luckily friends that understood that. So if I like ran into them in the library, they'd be like, Yeah, I need to do my math homework. So we'd just kind of study side by side. But if you've got friends that want to talk during a free period, it can be a little bit difficult. Definitely, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those I, are all points. <laughs> I would just like drop hints by saying, "Oh, I'm gonna read you this in Norwegian," and then they'd be like, "Oh, you need to. I see you need to study. Okay, <laughs> I'll go do my thing." <laughs> so, that was how I managed with that. That's the other thing: trying to balance your friendships and spending time mm -hmm. with friends and school and, like, languages. and languages. It's a lot. And even like other interests of yours, like that's something I I've had problems mm -hmm. with a lot is trying to balance language learning with like writing or reading or doing other things, breathing. Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one place that college does better than high school is that even though you have more work, usually what you're studying. I mean, this can be different for different people. Some people end up going for a college degree that they feel will make them more money or whatever. But most 
like a lot of people go to college and do something that they're passionate about. So something that in high school may not have been offered, like for you writing, where mm. you have to balance it on the side, but then it's what you're studying in college. So it's already worked into your day. And even though you'll have assignments for it, it's not something you have to balance on top of school anymore. This so there's true. that, mm -hmm. which is something that I think... Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. I think that's the one place that college kind of makes it a little bit easier to learn languages is that if you have an interest other than languages as well that you end up making your college career, then it, it helps kind of balance those two things a little bit more. All right. Nice. So do we have any uh, final remarks we'd like to make about language learning and school? I don't think so. All right. Do it. Learn a language. Go to Learn a language. Yeah. Go cool. to educate Don't let yourself. school stop you, and don't yeah. let languages stop school. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. They're both equally dangerous towards the other. Yeah. Because I, I have had times where I've wanted to uh, just stop everything that school wanted of me and to just learn languages, and that is equally as dangerous as wanting to just do <laughs> school and not learning languages. So mm -hmm. I totally think that's a valid point. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Angela, for joining us today. Uh, you can Your channel is Passion for Dreaming on YouTube. There will be a link in the description if anybody would like to go see your content. She makes excellent videos on language learning, and she's very informative and insightful. So we definitely recommend you go check her out if you haven't already. Um, and yes, this has been episode 19 of our podcast. And we could try to say it all in sync, if you like. Oh, I'm going to go for it. Okay. And remember... That practice, practice makes progress. Makes progress. progress. There we go. <laughs> I think that one we messed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you.